All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Playback Podcast. My name is Noah. Um, if you guys are new here, we talk about film news and movie reviews. I am joined here with my uh, good friend, Hyder. Hello again, guys. And uh, we got some stuff to talk about today. Uh, it's going to be a fun episode. We got some viewer questions talking about some Marvel stuff. And then we are reviewing the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, of course, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 uh, ending of the trilogy is coming out in just about like two weeks, three weeks-ish. And uh, we're really excited for that review. So uh, we're going to be talking about Guardians number one here in a little bit. But uh, how are you feeling? I'm doing good today. Actually, no, nah, I had a pretty pretty yeah. long day today. Yeah. That's what I was going to say because like, yeah. you're, you're lying for the camera. Yeah. Uh, what about you, man? I feel good, man. I feel good. And you know what? I feel like it's going to be a very fun episode. Um, so, hold on. I just have a quick question for you. Um, so, we talked about, like, the most underrated movie of all time. Um, and it's, it's come out in, like, the last, what, five years. It stars Jason Bateman. Uh, what movie is that? We talk about it all the time. Amazing movie. So you can't just, you can't just throw things at me because I'm like it's an here. amazing movie by two two directors. I didn't think it was gonna take him this long. Um, two amazing directors that directed Dungeons and Dragons, and we were just talking about it. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank, I'm dude. Sorry. Are you fucking? Serious? I'm drawing a blank right now. We're not gonna start until you. Jason Bateman, Rachel, uh, not Rachel. Yeah, Rachel McAdams. Oh, Game Night. Game Night. Yeah. Fucking shit, bro. My bad. <laughs> it's Game Night! Welcome to Playback Game Night. Uh, I got a couple questions for you, Hunter. So we're starting off with questions? Yeah, we're starting, no, not questions, really, but, uh, you know. Let's get in the mood real quick. Dun, dun, dun. You you've watched Family Feud before, right? Mom, it's actually my mom's favorite show. Okay, watches it every night. I hear it over the party. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Um. So yeah, we're gonna play a little game. Um. I thought that uh, it'd be fun. You know, some some chemistry building here, and uh, you know we're we're christening the new studio. Yeah. It's just my room. I just put the <laughs> bed away. <laughs> How this is gonna go? Um. Classic Family Feud rules. If you get three strikes, game's over. I have about six or seven questions here for you. Hyder, we're playing for $25,000 here. <laughs> Are you ready to play? Yeah. Okay. All right. Our first question here. Not including his upcoming film, how many films have Samuel L. Jackson and Quentin Tarantino collaborated in? Five seconds. No, I'm just kidding. Three. Three. Yeah. I should probably get the answers out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. Uh, let me make sure that that's correct. How'd you get three? Which ones? Uh, Pulp Fiction. Okay. Um, Hateful Eight. Right. And then Django and James. Yes. Okay, there you go. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Hold on. Hold on. I don't remember. Oh, I got it right. I was like, I don't know if he was in Jackie Brown or not. I hated that one. <laughs> Um, yes, that is correct. Um, I don't know. The reason why I worded it like that is because, um, I don't know if he's going to be in yeah, the movie critic. everybody. Yeah. So, um, okay. One of one. Good job. I have 30 seconds on the clock here. I want you to name five 
Jack Black movies go. Kung Fu Panda, one, two, and three. Um, that doesn't count. School of Rock, okay. Gulliver's <laughs> Travels, Nacho Libre. Okay, three, four. Um, uh, Tenacious D. That's his band. Wait, there's a movie, isn't there? No, that's his band. Are name. you sure there isn't? Are you sure? Uh, I'm. I don't know. You can pick any other any other movie. Super Mario Bros. Okay. All right. Okay. There you go. Are you sure Tenacious D is in the movie too? I'm. I'm pretty sure not. No. Very good. Very good. Uh, this this would be a lot easier if I had the Rodecaster Pro, which was seven hundred dollars, and I can uh, preload the sound effects here instead of just looking them up on YouTube. Um, that would be really nice. But <clears throat> very good, Hyder. You are. Three of three right now. How are you feeling? Motherfucker, it was a movie. It was? Finish just did The Pick of Destiny. I guess. Bro. The Pick of Destiny? Yeah. That's a fire-ass title. Um, okay. So, you're three of three. Um, just a quick halftime interview. How do you feel? How do you feel right now? I feel like they're going to get harder because I actually didn't even realize any of that one. Oh, well, yeah. They are going to get a little bit harder. Um, that's what she said. I can't even think about any other Jack Black movies besides that right now. Jumanji. All right. With $25,000 on the line, zero strikes with only four more questions left. Sorry, three more questions left. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. How many Oscar nominations does Leonardo DiCaprio have? Five seconds. Seven. Final answer? Yep. Final answer? No idea, yeah. He actually has six Damn it. for The Aviator, Blood Diamond, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Revenant, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Of these nominations, he's only won once thanks to his role as Hugh Glass in The Revenant, yep. which I have not seen yet. It's pretty good. Yeah, I've heard it's really good. He fucking obviously won Best Actor for it. Um, one strike on the board, Hyder. I don't think you're going to get that $25,000. There's two questions left. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get those two thousand dollars. Um, are you ready for the next question? Go ahead. Okay. Cut the attitude. Hey, man. I'm going to do it. What was Johnny Depp's first movie role? Uh, Crybaby. The fuck? His first movie role was actually it's, uh, Nightmare, Nightmare on, on Elm Street. Street. I fucking knew that. Two. <laughs> Damn it. I actually knew that one. Two strikes down. Uh, one question left for the $25,000 hider. You can take a break if you want. You can no. phone someone in. No. All right. I don't need that. Are you sure? I'm taking handouts. Okay. This last one's kind of hard. Go ahead. That's what she said. Um, all right. One of the greatest video game movies of all time is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. How many actors from Scott Pilgrim versus the world also starred as superheroes in a Marvel or DC project? You can have some time. Think long and hard about this one. Long and hard. That's what she said. No time limit. $25,000. On the line. I need quiet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, bitch. <clears throat> Think long and hard about this one. Uh, 
long and hard. Uh, can I answer? Are you ready? Yeah. Final answer once you once you say anything. Uh, cause, especially because I can't really remember right now. All right. Three. Three. Yeah. Uh, which ones? <laughs> Fucking names are losing. Uh, obvious ones, you know, there's Captain America, Brie Larson's in it. Right, right. Uh, That's two. And then uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Ah, good catch. Yeah. Good catch. For $25,000. I definitely missed one, though, I feel like. Oh, correct myself. It's four. It is... Brandon Ruth? Four, yes. Yeah. Brandon Ruth has played Superman, um, which I'm, he was boyfriend number three, four, something like that. He's the one with the guitar and the vegan powers. Yeah. Uh, obviously, um, we have Chris Evans, Captain America. Mary Elizabeth Winstead has played uh, the Huntress, right? Yeah. In, um, in, in Birds of too. Prey. And uh, Brie Larson is Captain Marvel. There's also a fifth one, but it technically hasn't come out yet. Uh, Aubrey Plaza is going to be in... Uh, Agatha. Wait. Yeah, Agatha. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Damn. No $25,000 for you. I'm really sorry. Thank you for playing, though, and uh, your exit is going to be on your left. Um, I uh, hope you had fun, though. It was a great effort. Great effort. And I love the fact that you said, oh, how can I lose? There's only two more questions left. You got both of them wrong. That's kind of funny. It's like ironic almost. Yeah. Just wait. I got you next week. <laughs> okay. We're you don't play. fucking produce this. We're going to play do. Plinko. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I almost bought a bingo wheel today. <laughs> Just to fuck with you. Spin. <laughs> Woo. Okay. I don't even know what we're talking about next. What? Uh, you have movie news. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, if you guys... You know, want to um, throw in some questions? Obviously, just hit us up on uh, Instagram or anything like that. We'll we'll put some in there. Uh, but yeah, we uh, we're gonna get into some movie news. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Unfortunately, Bra- uh, Brandon, what the fuck is Brandon? Brandon unfortunately, Ruth. yeah, unfortunately, Hyder did not win twenty five thousand um, dollars. I guess I'm just gonna have to put that back in my savings in um, in Zuko's trust fund. Um, so Hyder, let's get into some movie news, shall we? All right, um, pretty uh pretty light week. Nothing super like big came out. Like no no really big news came out. Um, reportedly the Russo brothers are uh interested in directing Brave and the Bold. I mean we've already seen what they can do. I think it'll be nice. It'll be a different change of pace though in my opinion because that'd be like a that's a more serious type of movie I think or is it a series? So I don't know what uh what the storyline for Brave and the Bold is. Um, I don't know exactly which uh, Robin it is, so I, it's like different story. Oh, it's Damien Wayne. It's Damien Wayne. Oh, so Damien Wayne uh, essentially is like a fucking psychopath. He's like an assassin. He's trained. He's uh, mm. Talia Al Ghul's son. So okay, so Batman had a son with Talia Al Ghul, fucking yeah, ninja basically. Yeah, and so trained by them until he's like thirteen mm. or so. Okay. So he's like a fucking psycho. He wants to kill people. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, I always thought that the Batman mythology was also kind of like not the mythology, like kind of just the his backstory was always a little weird. Um, and they kind of just brushed over the fact um, in like Batman Begins, which was like they took the more serious route. They definitely didn't want to do this storyline in um, the Dark Knight trilogy. So I don't know how the tone would be if they had the Russo brothers. Obviously, this is just a rumor right now, but I don't know how the tone would be because they made. Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, um, Winter Soldier. And if you look at the tone at all of those, I mean, they're pretty dark. They're pretty, like, more, you know, serious. Like, um, the Captain Marvel, or not Captain Marvel, Captain America movies were more, like, like political thrillers. Mm-hmm. 
And um, even outside of Marvel, they haven't really done much else. Like they produced um, Extraction. Yeah. So they. That's the biggest thing that they've done so far. They have a they have a little bit of a history with like action movies that tend to take a serious mm-hmm. note. Uh, the thing I've noticed is if those specific Marvel movies that you've picked out, people have died in those movies. Yeah. So it's a little bit. They're like the more serious movies in Marvel. Yeah. Um, in Captain America: Civil War, like it literally starts off with Scarlet Witch, fucking you know, almost murdering, basically murdering like twelve people. Yeah. Um, and that was like the first fifteen minutes. So I think it's they're talented. I mean, you know, you you don't just make four great movies in the MCU and then like you know don't make anything else. They made Cherry, uh, which was like an Apple TV movie with um, Tom Holland, and apparently that wasn't very well received. So I don't know. Um, it could be a toss-up either way. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Um, filming for Mortal Kombat 2 reportedly will begin in <clears throat> June. Um, it's not 100%, but they will start filming soon. Um, who do you think is going to be casted? Who, who's your fan cast for um, for Johnny Cash? Not Johnny Cash. Johnny, uh, what the fuck is his name? What the fuck? Uh, Johnny Cage. There Johnny Cage? Not Cash. Um, That's a tough <laughs> one. But Actually, just popped in my head. Like, Wait, what yeah, yeah, right. I was like, we just talked about this guy say. last week. I think. Um, obviously, I think the first like choice for me would have been Ryan Reynolds. Everybody's yeah. been saying that since the last movie. But then, literally, as we I was thinking about it, Glenn Powell would be perfect yeah. for Johnny Cage. That's perfect, actually. There's another guy to. Uh, let's see. I gotta search up his name. Uh, keep talking about this. Yeah. So I think that Mortal Kombat. It was a disappointment of a movie. Um, I think that the first 15 minutes. Were, it's a completely different movie than the rest of the movie. And, um, you know, the first 15 minutes with Scorpion and his family, um, you know, against Sub-Zero, that is the movie I wanted to see, that kind of tone. But then it just switches to, like, this MMA uh, fighter. He's not even a real character in the uh, in the Mortal Kombat games, which is not a problem at all. But um, if you're going to create a new character, please create a reason for me to care about him. And I kind of just didn't care about him. Um, through the entire movie and um, there's like really no it wasn't even the Mortal Kombat tournament also it was just like leading up to it Mortal Kombat 2 is supposed to be the actual tournament um, I actually forgot I do have a person in mind this is a guy that was popping in my head before you said Glenn Powell Glenn Powell's a good co- choice mm-hmm. um, I don't know what age they have him set at for this movie eh, it's probably gonna be like 30s Okay, but if they go a little older with him, um, Patrick Wilson, the dude from The Conjuring. Huh. You think he could bulk up like that? Not bulk up, but I don't think he like, can't. I don't think he has to bulk up. He's actually pretty, he's wow, pretty built. Yeah, no, he's right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can I know, like, bro, is, this dude is built. Yeah, Patrick Wilson, no, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a, a good cast. That's out of the box, too. I wouldn't even think yeah. of Patrick Wilson. Well, he's a good actor, though. That's why I think. Great actor, yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, I have a, did they cast Melina? I can't remember from the first movie. Melina died in spoiler, I believe. Okay, yeah, I was about to say she got she she was in there for like five minutes and like got cut in half by the hat by Kung Lao. She did. Yeah, yeah they should have used her more as a different character. But remember that like this is Mortal Kombat. They can come back mm-hmm. whenever. Yeah. Um. All right, let's move on. All right. Uh, Mia Goth has been cast in Blade. <clears throat> right. I don't know in what capacity. I truly do hope though. Um, she's a main. I, th- I hope she's a villain. Mm-hmm. It's scary because um, every time you see, you know, the Marvel the Marvel movies have become like ensemble movies almost. Like you can always get a huge actor, 
And um, it really started being kind of like a, a worry for me when I saw Thor Love and Thunder when they casted Christian Bale because after seeing what they did with that character, it feels like they just wasted a great actor. So I hope they don't waste Mia Goth in not even a small role because she's probably going to get a big role. You don't just cast, you know, Mia Goth, someone who's up and coming right now and basically like the biggest name in horror right now. You don't cast them in Blade and not give them like a a huge role. So I think they will give uh, her a huge role, but I just need to know if this is going to be a good enough movie um, that they don't waste the potential of Mia Goth. So I think it's a series actually. Blade? Yeah. No. It's a, it's movie? a movie? Okay, I, my, I get that mixed up. They never like they're pretty ambiguous and stuff like that. They uh, they that's what gives Oh, me, it is a movie, you're right. That's what gets me worried because they've changed directors, they changed writers. Mahershala Ali has been really like frustrated with it. So that's where I'm actually the opposite of you. So they did change writers, but that's because the the script they got from that writer was not good. It was an uh it was a ninety minute movie and there was one fight scene in it. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm worried. That was the original script. That one got yeah. tossed out. They yeah. brought in a new writer mm-hmm. and apparently Mahershala Ali is actually like enjoying this one. Mm-hmm. And I can tell that with the casting of Mia Goth, they're actually gonna take a serious tone with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool, in my opinion, is the time set that they... I don't know if they've changed it at all, but when it first got announced, where the t- the timing of this was all taking place. Mm-hmm. I think Mia Goth's like the perfect actress to put in that position. The timing is like the 20s. Yeah, the 1920s, and it's fucking vampires. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna... You're gonna get someone... Like, you need to go to the horror genre and get actors from that genre. Yeah. There are also rumors, too, that... Um, not rumors. It's more like speculation that um, Werewolf by Night would be integrated in that somehow mm-hmm. um, because that's around the same time period, right? It would be, that would be like the 20s to 30s. Yeah. So. Um, all right. I can't pronounce these names, so if you get offended by this, I'm sorry. I really cannot pronounce these, but. Damn, we're getting canceled. Uh, Kahi How Machado and Sidney Agudong have been cast as David and Nani in Lilo and the Stitch. And the Stitch. And the Stitch, my bad. Lilo and Stitch. I was going to say live, <laughs> the, the live action Lilo and Stitch. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw this. Um, and I don't know how oh, I feel about it. I'm pretty outspoken about this. Because look, man, um, I'm I'm not one to like, I'm not one to to care if they like change races or anything. I really don't. Um, the Little Mermaid doesn't bother me at all. And um, I think that with this, it's just weird. It, it seems like they're casting a Disney Channel movie. The two yeah. actors, like, no offense, really. It just that does not scream Nani. That does not scream. David to me um, I don't know who they're going to get for Lilo that's probably the most important thing hopefully they get someone good um, to play Lilo that's the the biggest thing for me because um, she's like the heart of the movie obviously it's fucking called Lilo and Stitch so obviously yeah um, but you know Nani and David look a little weird to me but I'm not going to completely shut it out so I'm open to it um, do you have, did you see anything that they were in no, I didn't see anything that they were in. Yeah, me neither. Uh, that's not what bothers me. It's yeah, I have no issue if they change races. This is the type of issue I have when they change races because this is a race-based thing. Like they're they're islanders, and yeah. it's fine because she is an islander. Like everything I've seen, she's not like yeah. Both of them are like yeah. Some type of but like Disney has a, a history and it's long of colorism and it's just crazy. That like this is the one they're pulling. Um, have you seen, have you seen the Disney Plus series 
Doogie Kama Kame Aloha. <clears throat> no. It's the first of all, that name is the most stereotypical like name you could have made up for a Hawaiian character. It's based in Hawaii. It's a Doogie Hauser um spin-off. Oh. Look, all I'm gonna say is it's it should not be a problem to uh to find Hawaiian actors. Um yeah, no, that's my only issue with it. It's like I feel like Sometimes it's okay to go outside of what people look like. Most of the time, it's for me. It's okay if they go outside what people look like, if the actor is better, if the actress is better. Yes, I'm okay with that. I talk to everyone's issue with like uh, the Barbie castings because they're all older people. Mm-hmm. They're not like this young like fucking. Uh, it's mainly to do with a uh, fucking his name is dropped out of my head. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling because he's like obvi- visibly a lot older than mm-hmm. them. You're not finding a better actor. Like, no, it's fine. It's he's a great actor. My thing is these these people have no experience, and you're telling me you couldn't have found someone who looks a little more like Nani, a little more like David. Yeah, I was even fine with um. Oh boy, I I butchered her fucking name last time. Ali. Ali. Yeah. Uh, Moana. I was even fine with that. It didn't like she didn't look exactly like her, but you're not gonna find someone that looks exactly like a cartoon. Yeah. You know, so I think that um. Even that would have been great. And Viz, like, she's a good actor. Like, we know this because she's been in Moana. She also has more projects coming up. And, yeah, like, she has experience. So I was not worried. Now I'm a little worried. This is, like, my favorite Disney movie. Um, and it's getting the live-action treatment. Disney has, like, a 50-50 chance of making a good live-action series or uh, movie. So, yeah, I'm a little worried. But... At the same time, I'm not going to let the casting like dictate how I feel about the movie, unless Lilo is a terrible actor. That's when I will just give up on the movie. All right. So, um, Jeff Fowler, um, if you don't know who that is, director of Sonic One and Two, um, will be directing a Knuckles series set between two and three. Um, and it's honestly, it's like just like a joking series. I'm assuming because. It's Knuckles training Wade on how to be an ancient echidna warrior. Do you remember who yeah. Wade is? No. Um, so you, I can never remember his name. James Marsden, I think, is the main actor in there. Mm. Um, it's the other cop. Dude who's, like, running around on a scooter. Actually? Yeah. What the hell? Okay. So I think it's just, like, a fucking for fun series while they wait for, like, two and three to come out. Or yeah. three to come out. But, I'll yeah. De- I'll definitely watch it. I mean, it's it's not going to be, like, just like anything crazy, you know? Yeah. Just, at the same time, I have Paramount. Um, Idris Elba is expected to come back as Knuckles. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Imagine, like, like every, it's going to be good because, like, all the Knuckles jokes that came out, like, fucking six years ago. That, um, the fact that Jeff Fowler, though, is directing is very important because, um, whoever directs the pilot, that basically sets the tone of the series. So you can pretty much guarantee that this series is also going to be in line with the Sonic movies and their tone. Um, so it's definitely going to be a comedy, obviously. Mm-hmm. They can definitely hit, use it to hint at like Shadow and stuff a little bit more because I know that the third one's probably gonna be based on Shadow. Yeah, and he's he's a good director. I mean, he he did really well with Sonic and he did really well with Sonic too, um, you know. And he actually listens to the fans because he changed that god awful uh, original Sonic design. Some other things. Um, Mario has eclipsed seven hundred million worldwide. Seven hundred mil. Um, it is on pace again to. Uh, surpass a billion so let's see how that goes and i said a couple weeks ago uh on one of the episodes i thought that it would it would make a billion um and it looks like it's it's true 
it, it showed up in, in Japan recently, and uh, that obviously has a lot to do with why it's so successful now. Um, it's been successful in the United States, but, you know, Japan, Nintendo, uh, they're going to go watch that movie as much times as they can. And, um, yeah, I think it's definitely going to push it to, to a billion. Uh, and then just some other stuff. Um, right? I... <laughs> Pretty soon after we did last week's episode, was it last week that I talked about uh, being excited for uh, the Marvels? Yes. Yeah, right after last week's episode, uh, I think like the next day or it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, mm-hmm. they actually dropped the trailer. Mm-hmm. It was more of a teaser trailer, but still, you know, a, a good glimpse into it. Yeah. I think you can see why I was excited. I don't know. I, why? It was just like, why were you excited? It was interesting because like everyone's, all people's issues was that they changed Miss Marvel's powers a little bit and they changed Captain Marvel's powers a little bit. Like they, t- they tweaked them a little bit. You think that was everybody's issue? Well, no. Like, everyone's issue in the trailer because okay. they were switching places. I thought that was really fucking cool. I didn't see anybody talk about... Oh, I was reading Twitter comment sections. I was going deep in there. I was deep in the archives. Um, yeah, no, I think it, it looks great. Um, not the trailer itself. I just think that the, the concept of them switching powers every time they use their powers is, is pretty fucking funny. And um, I don't know because this doesn't see. This was originally supposed to be Captain Marvel 2. This does not feel like Captain Marvel 2. Fine. It just feels like a little ensemble of these three characters. And honestly, it feels more like Miss Marvel is going to carry this this movie to me. I really think that. I and don't then, I don't know. I feel like I feel like actually this is actually going to be a Brie Larson led movie. No, it doesn't even give me that. I don't I mean you never know they could just be throwing us off, but I have like a feeling it's going to be a Brie Larson led movie. I there is like a, a couple like other characters in there as well. Mm-hmm. Like of Nick Fury in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see Colby Smolders. Yeah, um, right. I'm pretty sure um, whoever played Talos from he, one of the one of the scrolls, he's coming back. Yeah. But the okay, the biggest thing for me right now is that the Marvels is coming out. Um, there's still rumors about um, them doing a Captain Marvel two. So I feel like this is more of like one of those ensemble movies to te- to like push the. I'm I'm assuming the scroll storyline mm-hmm. and then captain marvel 2 is going to be literally captain marvel 2 yeah so i think they just repurposed it and um the director nia DaCosta, she did Candyman. did you watch Candyman? i loved it okay so she's doing this um i'm not definitely don't do that my bad um you can hear it oh i didn't know that yeah you can it's metal <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah nia DaCosta, she's she's doing it and um i have faith in it it, it looks like a fun trailer it definitely is a, a huge tone switch from Captain Marvel, and I personally didn't like Captain Marvel all that much, so um, I think I'll probably enjoy the Marvels. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, though, was it's the most disliked uh, trailer yeah. on a Marvel trailer on YouTube, and we know why. Like, it's fucking weird. Yeah, I hate. I don't understand. I hate it. It's it's like the same. Um, it's the same feeling that I get when I see like Snyder. Snyderverse oh, yeah. supporters, weirdos, man. yeah. Hashtag re- restore the Snyderverse and shit. Those are the same kind of people that would do that, like dislike a, a trailer just because they don't really like the actress. Dude, the trailer had no like issues whatsoever. It was actually a really good trailer. But I, teaser trailer. I don't get why they don't like her. That's my thing. Is it's I don't either. People love John Boyega, but he straight up said fuck Star Wars multiple times. Yeah. It's not like Brie was out here. To fuck them. Fuck this. Fuck this. Like I don't. Oh. I don't want. I don't want to be here. And Brie Larson's playing a super important character in 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 Marvel right now. Yeah. So 
I mean, I don't know. It's just the fact that I think it was, it had something to do with like her saying like female led superhero movies, um, like can succeed or something. I don't know. It, it was, it dated way back to 2018 when Captain Marvel came out. Yeah. I mean, like what did they expect her to say? Yeah, dude, she's leading a fucking movie. You think she's going to shit on her own movie? It's she like said when, something about that. Yeah, it's like when fucking reporters come up to like players at the end of the game. So what do you think? Yeah, I think we played well. Like, they're fucking saying what they're supposed to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely weird behavior. I think that um, anybody who really gets like that mad to the point where you have to like try to start a movement and fucking dislike the trailer, like boycott, um, which is like so huge in superhero movies nowadays, the superhero movie fan base. Um, people want to boycott certain projects and shit. Shut up. Shut up. You're going to have to cut that yeah, part cut out. That, part out. <laughs> that sounded way worse than, than okay. Anyway. Uh, Shut up. Yeah. It's just, it's just, oh, it's the part of like watching movies that I don't like now. Yeah. I I love interacting with like, like post on social media and just like I go to like the fucking hidden replies and I'm like yeah oh, you're so weird yeah and it's like <clears throat> I don't know if you well, you like we talked about fucking uh, Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. she's in that shit and people love her in that fucking movie she won an uh, Academy Award for uh, Best Actress in Room Have yeah you seen Room she's a great actress great actress it's that little fucker that's in that movie that I hate by the way it's that little boy why? I told you I hate him and McKenna Grace. They're in oh, every that was Jacob Tremblay, huh? Yeah. Uh, Fuck that little kid, man. Boys. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I think. I mean, we'll get off this topic because, like, we, I'm pretty sure we've talked enough about it. But just if if you're getting offended by an actor and how they fucking act outside of acting, if that made sense, <laughs> um, then you're just being too sensitive, bro. Like, she's a fucking human being. Nobody fucking cares. Yeah. Like, um, at the end of the day, the Marvels is not about Brie Larson um, as a person. It's about a fucking story in the MCU. Yeah. And if you didn't like the story in the MCU, then that's valid, I guess. But um, yeah, no, we all know why it's the most disliked. It's fucking stupid. It's three female led and two of them are people of color. It's straight up just like the most obvious shit. Ever. And one of them already has yeah, hate. a bunch of hate. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and then we're going to end off with movie news with something that's a little more serious just because I think uh has to do with like actually impacting movies. 97 point, uh, 90, yeah, 97.85% of the Writers Guild of America have declared a strike. Yeah, I, I've seen a little bit about this. I don't, I don't know too much about it. Um, well, it's, it's obviously, you know what it is. Like, there's like the actress, the Screen Actors Guild. Mm-hmm. We talked about it, you know, in the SAG Awards and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, this is the writer's equivalent of that. Yeah, what are they fighting for this time? Um, Cause they had a strike early. Essentially it's like job security more. Okay. Uh, Cause you've seen, we've seen it happen, especially a lot like the last few years with our like post uh, quarantine mm-hmm. post like COVID, all that stuff. They'll write a movie for like fucking or a show for like four months and it'll get scrapped. Yeah. And then they're replaced. And even though it's like not their fault, the movie's being written this way. Mm-hmm. It's just like they, I feel like they're, uh, it's more of a job security thing. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like um, I think writing is is probably the biggest part. Writing, directing. I mean, we talked about what makes a perfect movie. Um, was that two weeks ago or something like that? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's very important. I think that there are a lot of jobs in in the film industry that don't get a lot of respect. I think that writing and visual effects artists are um, a couple of those. 
And um, hey, man, whatever they're fighting for, I just hope they get. So nearly every single like writer that's in this guild is declaring a strike. I don't know exactly which ones it is and which ones it isn't, but like you gotta imagine like they're sick of that shit. And as if you are directors and actors, I feel like you need to back your writers. I hope they get it resolved quick because if I am not mistaken, I believe they can't continue production on projects that they're, if you're a part of Writers Guild of America, because it's a strike. Um, if you're a part of the guild, whatever project you're working on, you can't go into production. So like if Michael Waldron, Waldron was in um, production for Secret Wars already and the strike was happening, he wouldn't be able to do that. So that would affect the production. That would affect um, the director the the actors in there because they have schedules so um it kind of puts a halt on a bunch of movies that are in production right now um so hopefully they get that situated all right so uh that's a lot of movie news to talk about um what do you say we talk about some guardians of the galaxy let's do it all right uh i don't know about you but when guardians of the galaxy first got announced i was i was confused i was like who are these people and then I looked them up, and I was like, okay, this is cool. You have a raccoon. You have a tree. You have a, a dude with, um, with like, a mask on, a really weird mask on. That's weird. Um, you have a dude with, with two swords and a green girl. I was like, all right, that, that, that sounds weird. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how this is going to um, mix in with the rest of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then, you know, the movie comes out. And as soon as I see Chris Pratt start dancing to Red Bones, Come and Get Your Love, and the title pops up on the screen, Guardians of the Galaxy, I was fucking hooked. Um, I absolutely love this movie so, so much. Uh, we'll talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 probably next week, but I think that this is a great introduction to a team that not a lot of people knew. And if you say that you knew the Guardians of the Galaxy before this, um, I feel like you're lying. Because I don't, I don't even think any. It took my dad, and he, uh, he read a lot of comic books. It took my dad a while to be like, "Wait, they're actually doing a Guardians of the Galaxy? Movie? Who the fuck? Oh, that's who's on the team, you know." So, not even the deep cut uh, comic book fans, a lot of the deep cut comic book fans, um, even really knew who the Guardians were. They had a bunch of different storylines. Um, I know that the original team actually had Yondu as one of the main characters. And, um, so yeah, they, they kind of just pick and choose, pick and chose who, uh, would bring in, who would get brought in, in the, uh, in the live action team. So we have this movie of basically nobodies, um, directed by James Gunn. Um, he's done Slither at this point. He's done Slither. He's done, um, the Scooby-Doo movies. He's not too huge in Hollywood at the moment. Um, and somehow Kevin Feige was like, yeah, no, you guys can do Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, we're going to give you guys, let's see, we're going to give you guys $230 million um, to go make this movie about characters the fan base barely even knows um, with a director that doesn't even have that many projects on his hand. The director of Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Yeah, you can handle our $230 million budget. That was a huge gamble. And I think that it paid off. Um, you know, obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's starring Chris Pratt, who at the time, 
uh, he was on Parks and Rec, and he was known as just like the the chubby guy, the tubby guy. And you know, once once the casting reports came out, they're like, "Oh, you guys got the uh, you guys got the the tubby guy from from Parks and Rec to to play a superhero. How is that gonna work?" And then obviously, you know, he comes in and he's fucking ripped, and uh, he's definitely in superhero shape. Um, so yeah, that worked out. You got Zoe Saldana. You have a former wrestler turned actor, Dave Bautista. Um, you have Vin Diesel, who speaks three words in the movie. And then you have Bradley Cooper as a raccoon. Um, and then you got a bunch of other names in there, too. So it's a very weird cast, but it all worked. And I think that I think that the movie itself is um, super, super, super reliant on the chemistry between all of these actors, or at least the five actors um, that are in the Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, rewatching the movie, I think that they did that perfectly. Um, every single, every single character in this movie has a great amount of screen time and like a very important role. Obviously, um, who's your favorite guardian out of the five right now? Well, out of the five, okay. From this movie, um, Rocket. Easily, I think it's Rocket. I not my favorite out of the first two movies, though. Character, no. Oh, actually, yeah, me also. Uh, Yondu. Yondu. Yondu is a great, a great character as well. Um, yeah, man, the cast was super important, and I think that everything kind of just fell into place here with this movie. Um, coming out in 2014, it was in a weird time for Marvel. They just had done um, the first Avengers movie, and then they did Iron Man 3. Um, that was about it. So they're in a weird like transitional phase. Nobody really knew. Uh, what else was going to come? Uh, this is the first movie that Thanos like actually has, uh, at least Josh Brolin's Thanos, has like a speaking role in this. And um, we saw him at the end of The Avengers. They mentioned Thanos like five or six different times in this movie. Um, so it's a very pivotal movie. And the fact that it's an unknown team, yet they have such a super important uh, role in the MCU moving forward, and you gave it to a guy like James Gunn who did Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2 and Slither um, with uh, a bunch of characters that nobody really knows. Yeah, it's fucking impressive that this movie was even as good as it is. Um, so, I don't know. What are what are some of your favorite parts of this movie? Um, Just in general. Well, obviously, you know, me, soundtrack things. Uh, yeah. You guys don't know this. Noah and everyone who's ever worked at that, that movie theater understand that we have that soundtrack memorized because mm-hmm. it used to play in the halls every fucking shift mm-hmm. and that's great music though yeah it's great music so like I, we'd have that soundtrack memorized and uh part for me that was really cool was like your like your dad i'm also like really into comic books mm-hmm. um i volunteered at a library read a bunch of comics while i was there this came out my freshman year mm-hmm. this is like right after i got done volunteering I, I didn't read about them so i was like who the fuck are these people so i searched them up just like you did um, and then I watched Parks and Rec. So me seeing the guy who played Andy as a fucking like superhero is a more serious role, honestly, in the comics. It's not a super like com- a comical character. Um, I was so interested in seeing what would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was uh, the pacing. Rocket being the most emotional character threw me off because you'd think you know like fucking cyborg raccoon thing. Right. Um, you brought up a good point of like having this this character um what's his name in the show andy 
Andy, yeah. Yeah. And um, comparing that to what you read online about the Guardians, how Star-Lord isn't really a comical character in the comics, um, he kind of evolved into that after this movie, you know? And I think that you have to thank James Gunn for that because James Gunn, yeah, he took this this character named Peter Quill, but he didn't carbon copy him from the comics. He added his own flair to it. It basically seems like a completely different character. Um, so you got to thank James Gunn for that direction. And you also have to thank, um, you know, Chris Pratt for just adding that little extra spice to the character because, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Peter Quill in the comics had a Walkman. I don't think that was a part of his backstory. I don't think music played a pivotal part in his backstory in the comics. So that's all from like the mind of James Gunn. Um, obviously this movie was written and directed by him and um, it kind of just revitalized the character um, to, to someone who now when you see, when you see Peter Quill in like animated shows, um, video games, music is an essential part of that guy's character. If you want to know all the, all the differences, I can read them off for you. Sure. Um, one, his relationship with Yondu is different. It's not as familial. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the comics, he does not have a soft spot for Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, seventh, <laughs> he what's it called? In the comics, he's like. In in the in the the movie, not until like the second movie, you don't realize how much his past plays a role in his character. Yeah. In the comics, it's a lot more fucking evident because he would steal shit to build an orphanage. Mm-hmm. Um, his guns are different. All his like his outfits different, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think that's the advantage of having um, you know, source material that not a lot of people are fans of. And then uh, the main important thing is, if you haven't watched these movies, I'd be fucking amazed, honestly. Um, he's not attracted to Gamora in the comics. Mm-hmm. He's actually married to Kitty Pride. So. Essentially, just a brand new character. Uh, from the movies to the yeah, obviously the there is similarities and stuff, but yeah, yeah. But like you know, the the most important parts of you know what we think of Star Lord in the MCU, um, it's drastically different. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the music was a, a big part of that too, because James Gunn, um, he had a hand in the soundtrack as well, and that just added so much more character to to Chris Pratt. Um, as Star Lord, so uh, what else do you what do you think about this movie? I think that to me, uh, what really stands out is James Gunn's writing. Um, you know, it's a tight script. It's definitely a different sense of humor compared to uh, the last movie in Phase Two, which was Iron Man Three. Um, so definitely different humor. Um, I would compare this to like a like a Star Wars movie if they had Marvel characters in it. That's what a lot of people compare it to. Um, acting great the humor in it I, like I said it's it's a very 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 different kind of um, comedy but I love that um, James Gunn has like a sick mind um, which is pretty evident in the tweets um, yeah so yeah I think that you know that is a, a huge standout in this movie because again you said that you know Star-Lord was a, a serious character a more serious character yeah I was gonna say, not, not he's not a complete serious character he's yeah. um, definitely more serious though definitely not the same way that he's portrayed yeah. in, in the movies um, and then one thing that I also wanted to, to talk about too the visual effects in here coming out in 2014 are fantastic you know mm-hmm. um, the makeup and the costume design for all the aliens you don't see that uh, in a lot of new movies and um, I think they did a great job on it and that's in 2014. To me, it's it's a thing that one of the things that stands out from the movie from the movie is obviously we already talked about the music, 
special effects, all this stuff. It's James Gunn's dedication to like every character. Mm-hmm. He's not making uh, the characters themselves like one character being more important than the other characters. Mm-hmm. And we know who like the main character, quote unquote, is. Um, it is Star Lord, but you would not know that if you didn't see any posters or trailers or anything like that. You would essentially think that, you know, everybody has just an equal part in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking about the the character development of Rocket, um, you have you know some setup for what we're gonna see in Guardians Volume Three. You have um, Dave Bautista as Drax, his whole storyline, um, why he's so mad at Ronan and Thanos. Um, you have Zoe Saldana as Gamora, the daughter of Thanos. So there's a bunch of... You have character development for a tree. And that's what's so impressive. I think that James Gunn is able to make us care about um, these wacky characters like a raccoon, like a tree, like a talking tree, um, like a fucking a guy who takes everything super seriously and like is super literal about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he just added depth to these characters, I think. Yeah. And it's uh, like the ability to, to focus and then look away from certain stories. Mm-hmm. Like every single, like every few minutes, every like what, 20 minutes, Drax will mention a little bit more about his backstory, mm-hmm. but never go fully into it. And we're gonna talk about um, when we when we get into spoilers in a little bit about like the certain moments yeah. that you see that pop out, and I I fucking love that. So it's like and then he's showing also another thing is like like you said at the time, uh, Chris Pratt is not the A list actor he is now. Mm-hmm. No 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 no. Everybody else was. Mm-hmm. Besides, I'd say Dave Bautista this is like one of his first actual Hollywood movies. Yeah, and and Dave Bautista even credits James Gunn for making him the actor that he is today, um, because you know he gave. This guy had chance, um, and he's even admitted that like, hey, uh, my acting wasn't great, but he's fucking going to school, he's going to classes and shit, and he credits James Gunn for making him the actor that he is today, um, which is by far I think the best um, wrestler turned actor so far. Oh, I, I agree. I'd say, in terms of like serious acting, yes, I think still mm-hmm. think John Cena comical is a, a lot better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But my my point is that. One of the biggest issues with directors and not being able to handle certain actors' egos, being able to pin everybody back and be like, "Hey, this is our main character." Mm-hmm. That's crazy, especially for a person who doesn't have a history of playing like such big actors. So yeah, I think that James Gunn being able to um, reel in all of his actors, mm-hmm. um, big or small—that's what she said, big or small—and um, just weave together all of these character plot lines. Um, it worked really well. And um, that's something that really sticks out in this movie. The fact that this movie isn't even necessarily that interesting. Um, the plot line is, you know, the Guardians have to fight Ronin because he's looking for an orb which carries an Infinity Stone. Like, that's cool and all. Like, it moves the MCU forward. I'm more interested in finding out about Peter Quill's backstory, uh, what happened with his mom, uh, Rocket's backstory, um, how these group of characters can you know, work together and like, you know, I, we're, we'll talk about the spoilers later, but, um, overall, man, I think this is one of my favorite, easily one of my favorite MCU movies that has come out and there's like 30 of them. And I honestly think that this is, might be like, I would say top seven, top seven to top 10 for sure. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what are, what are some of your overall thoughts about, uh, guardians of the galaxy? Um, great directing, uh, a lot more emotion than I thought it would have. Especially because you know it's it was if you watch the trailer it wasn't like a 
Honestly, it didn't look like how they the sold movie it was. as an action movie. Yeah, yeah, didn't look anything like the movie actually was. Uh, a lot of character development for a first movie because mm. normally it's just a taste into a movie. Mm. Like, hey, this is like what he is. Here's some fucking uh, shock and awe. Movie two. No, James going straight straight into character development. That just kind of just shows what kind of director he is too. Yeah. Um, which makes me happy that he um, is doing the Superman reboot. Uh, over at DC, so yeah. You want to talk um, about the music at all? I, no, mean, I mean, no, we were talking about the music. There is no point in talking about the music. It's one of the greatest. I mean, it's it is one of like my top ten soundtracks. Let's let's just hop in right into spoilers then, um, because I do want to talk about the music a lot, and um, I think the fact that number one, this guy he made him, um, you know, Chris Pratt and um, and Star Lord Peter Quill, he made him so in love with music and that like touched us because for me this movie kind of introduced me into like music in a way um i listened to music obviously but i didn't think that music could make me feel the way that it does now um up until i saw this movie and um it was you know regular scenes like that i i think of music now as like oh i saw that from this movie and that was a really cool scene. So I'm going to put this song in my playlist. That's how I, I kind of love my music now. Um, so when I saw this movie, I instantly added every single song to, to my playlist. Um, you have Come and Get Your Love by Redbone, Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Swede, um, which is actually a cover, if you didn't know that. It's it's a cover from an old song. But amazing song. Um, that was like the headlining song of, of this movie and all the marketing and um, it introduced me to that feel of music. And that's something that I love this movie for, too, because I would have never been listening to Redbone um, if it wasn't for this movie. Um, we wouldn't be, well, you know, and the theater, obviously, because they played this fucking soundtrack like 19,000 times when we were working there. There's I Want You Back from Jackson 5. Mm-hmm. There's Cherry Bomb, The Runaways. First of all, that one was one of my favorite ones to hear in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pina Colada song, Rupert mm-hmm. Holmes. Uh, obviously, come and get your love, Redbone. Yeah. Uh, Hooked on a feeling by Blue Swede. Fooled around and fell in love mm-hmm. uh, by Elvin Bishop. I'm not in love by 10 CC. Mm-hmm. Ooh, child from uh, Five Stair Steps. Ain't no mountain high enough. Mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moonage Daydream. David Bowie. Mm-hmm. So like uh, I, it's not even the fact that these are um, hit songs, right? I can anybody could fucking compile a bunch of hit songs and put them in a movie and then like have people be like, oh shit, that's a that's a really good song. No, these move are these songs fit, like for the tone of the scene. I like that they go into uh, how cocky Peter is, mm-hmm. uh, pretty pretty quickly into the movie. You know, with the whole messing around while trying to get the orb and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, was it the orb? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So while he's getting the orb, he's like dancing and stuff, getting there. Um, that was also really cool. Like opening scene, mm-hmm. um, one of the best opening scenes I think of any Marvel movie. Uh, the way that he introduces himself to other characters, mm-hmm. uh, you can tell that he has a very strong personality, and I feel like James Gunn. That's like one of James Gunn's like signatures. Mm-hmm. He always the character who's like really like abrupt mm-hmm. and like just outgoing. Um, so that was cool. The placement of every sound of song was like one of the most important things in this movie. Um, every single time they introduced a song, it was at a pivotal moment during the movie. And there's times where it wasn't even uh, the song actually playing. It was just them singing it, and it transitions into the song. Mm-hmm. Like, the the whole dancing at the end. 
that is one of the obviously one the most important scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that you know, uh, Peter has his Walkman on, and then Gamora comes in, and they have a conversation about, you know, love and shit like that, and then um, they bond over a song because Gamora's from a different planet. She doesn't fucking dance or whatever, and um, she doesn't have a lot of experience of music. Peter shares that with her, and that makes for a beautiful scene. Um, a fucking a bond building scene in that. Um, a very pivotal bond building scene in that, which hints at the relationship that they would future have. So have in the future, excuse me. Um, I like that. Remember that Peter Quill is like the leader of this entire team. Actually, I, a lot of people argue that, but in this movie, he's like portrayed as the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of like, obviously there's a lot of members of this team. So there's different motivations for everything. And you can tell that Peter tries his hardest to, to finish a mission, but also fit in their motivations. Mm-hmm. So like with the whole, like uh, Drax hating Thanos, mm-hmm. they were trying to get something from fucking the guy who works with Thanos. Yeah. And then like, they end up fighting him and all that shit. So like he tries to work out his team's motivations into things like set, taking a rocket to places that rocket needs to go to get stuff to build. That's important too to him. I just like, you can tell that James Gunn's built good at building a story and sticking to that story, but also fitting in other ideas. Mm-hmm. And um, it goes into chapter two as well. Cause like to is it volume two is what they call it. Volume two. Volume two. Uh, because uh, like it, it, his character development doesn't just go for the character. It's his taste in music too. Cause the music also changes. He gets a different, he gets different, introduced a different music mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like it's just a consistent like character development that he builds. One thing that I really appreciate about the movie too is that um, that storyline with his mom, mm-hmm. um, it was set up perfectly. I think that in the beginning of the movie, um, that was when you know we see Kid Peter, right, and he gets taken up into the ship. Um, but it set up this like this conflict of um, him never like receiving full closure with his mom, mm-hmm. and that's beautiful. And then to bookend that with the with the final uh, couple scenes in the movie where he opens up the the little mixtape volume two, right? He puts it in and it goes back to what we were talking about with, um, perfect song placement. Ain't no mountain high enough. Come on, bro. Like that's one of the greatest fucking songs of all time. And it fits. So like I said, any fucking idiot can just pick hit songs, right? And then just put them in the movie. And that's kind of what I felt about, um, the Mario brothers movie, you know, just hit after hit. I mean, like, like I said, uh, holding out for a hero, that was pretty obvious and they just put it in there. But with these songs, there are obscure songs that I never knew before that. Uh chose obscure songs that I never knew, put it on my radar is basically the gist of that. Um whew. Hold on. I cannot breathe again. Alright. What else, man? Um honestly for me it's just it's nothing to do with the actual movie itself. It's the characters. Bring up characters that are not on the front line of Marvel comics, mm-hmm. not until like way later into the story, and introducing them and essentially forcing Marvel's hand. I agree with that because they—I don't think they pr- planned on the movie making seven hundred and fifty million dollars. No, I think they planned on it making its money back, and you know, just being one of those movies that's like, hey, we might we might use these characters, yeah, to make them be like, this is now your like flagship movie. It's one of them. You're gonna build the storyline. So we got a couple we got a couple things from um you know the setup um of these characters. This one had to mainly do with, you know, Peter and his mom. Uh 
kind of getting over that little closure problem like I mentioned before. Uh, but it also set up a few other things. It set up Drax's like fate. Okay, there's a there's a line that I, I caught where he said, "One day I will see my 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 wife and my daughter again." Um, and by the way, spoilers because I'm gonna talk about what was seen in the trailer. So I know Michaela, if you're listening to this, we're gonna talk about the trailer. Um, so in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three trailer. There's a lot of speculation that Rocket, Drax will die, you know. Um, and I think that they actually will do that now for Drax uh, because it just makes sense. He's going to want to see his his daughter and his, his wife again. And they sprinkled that in in the, first, um, in the first movie. So I think it just makes sense, you know. Sorry, I was reading something else. Uh, do I got to do this shit alone or like, no, what's up, bro? No, I just. How does not paying attention, bro? I have on his fucking phone. Hey, 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 hey. This motherfucker's like, got a Groot toy. I've been staring at that for like five minutes. He was looking down the entire time. I know, before that, but look. I see it. The fucking Groot toy. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. No, it's just. For me, this movie's this movie's great. I think the second movie's better. Did you want to talk about what I just talked about? No, I wasn't listening. I spoke okay. that. Drax. There's a there's yeah. a there's a line in this movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. There's a line that hints at the fate of what he's gonna go through, um, and that line is, uh, "One day yeah. I will see my daughter and my my wife again." Yeah, that's actually where I stopped listening right there. Uh, <laughs> was, yeah. Sorry. Um, no, yeah, we we've already assumed it again. I already know you said it, but Michaela, please stop listening. Do you know I said that? Yes, you did. I do know you said that. Uh, damn, one time I fuck up. All right, fuck you. Uh, yeah, no. Again, our guess was outside of Rocket, it was going to be Drax that dies. So, I could see it happening. I just don't know who he's going to die fight. Like, who's going to f- die fighting? I don't think it'll be the high evolutionary. No, I feel like it's going to be Adam Warlock. Oh, that's a good one. I, wasn't, I don't know why I didn't click that. I don't. Because I feel like high evolutionary is going to, you know, work with Adam Warlock for a little bit, like we said in yeah. last week's episode. Turn on him and stuff. Yeah, and then turn on him. Um, but I think the reason why they want to kill, it's going to be like, you know, Adam Warlock versus the Guardians for most of the movie is because he kills Drax. And I think that's going to be like the in, you know, it sucks because they're using what's the what's the term like a Mary Sue, not a Mary Sue. Um, what's the term when they're like fridge characters for like more character development for the other characters? I don't know. What you're, I don't know. I've never heard this term before. Really? OK, yeah. well, never mind. Um yeah, man. I think uh, I think Drax is probably gonna go. They hinted at it there, so. I mean, it's also the actual actor deciding he doesn't want to be. Well, yeah, but they they hinted at Drax's fate. Yeah. Like the character Drax, not just the actor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, they also gave us a peek in this. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, I think, is um, is the the prison scene. I talked a little bit about it in our overall review. The prison scene, uh, basically tells you everything you need to know about these characters, um, mainly. Star Lord, and then a little bit of Rocket. So what I mean by that is, you know, uh, Star Lord, he sees um, one of the prison guards put on his his Walkman and start listening to his thing. And you know, after this, he gets enraged. He says, "Hey, take that shit off. That's mine. That belongs to me." And he's yelling and shit. So you can obviously tell that this man is very protective of the one thing that he has from his mom, from Earth. Um, and it goes into hooked on a feeling montage, which is a fucking amazing song. 
Um, and then we get to Rocket putting on his clothes. And it, it lingers. This is how you know that James Gunn knows exactly what he wants to do with the character. Um, because he used this particular shot. It lingers on Rocket's back. And then it cuts to um, Chris Pratt's face reacting to that. And it's a solid reaction. It's not just a quick thing. It's not like a little Easter egg. He put that in there intentionally um, because he knew that he wanted to eventually pick up on that. And um, yeah, he his attention to detail in this movie for the characters is insane to me, um, which I'm, I'm glad he's coming back for Guardians of, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because, uh, you know, originally he got fired. I mean, it's just... Like I said, it's his history of doing that already. Like you got, you just got Peacemaker. You have the fact that he just he's taking over the DC stuff. Um, they they know what he's capable of, and so you have to imagine that he, in the first movie he installed roots that he was gonna eventually get back to. Mm-hmm. And it's the story with Drax. It's building and tearing apart the Gamora relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's adding different characters to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. That's the thing too with Gamora. There, he is no. It's no longer the same Gamora. Is that what you're gonna get? That no. My bad. I was gonna say, um, like it's it's one of those instances where um, Gamora was raised differently. Yeah. yeah. Same as same as Peter Quill, and then they need each other to bring out the other side of. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, that's what made Gamora interesting because, for me, I think that one of the least. Um, interesting characters is Nebula in in the series and I think Nebula doesn't even have like that foil to give me that character development that Gamora had I disagree why is she interesting because she's probably lost the most she has but has she like I mean I think that's what the third movie will be more about I told you I think Nebula is probably play a bigger character in this movie Mm -hmm. I also think she'll if they decide to continue the Guardians of the Galaxy it'll be Nebula's storyline yeah, uh, I think that Nebula's storyline has run its course. I think. I don't think. I think uh, obviously after Guardians three. I think Drax has obviously. Yeah. I think the Rocket one will get a happy ending or a really sad ending. I think the Peter Quill for sure though has run its story, its case. I don't think. I mean, I think they could do more with Nebula. I think they can do more with Peter Quill because. Oh well, yeah. Do they, you think they're really gonna wrap up the storyline of him and Gomorrah? Like after this movie, because um, Endgame wasn't even James Gunn's thing. Like they didn't want to uh, kill Gamora, or James Gunn didn't want to kill Gamora, and then you know bring uh, twenty fourteen Gamora back into the the next Guardians movie. Like that wasn't a part of his plan, so he has to kind of work around that. I think there's more to uh, to say about that. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that she'll actually. Like I said, I think they're gonna shelve the characters they want to keep. For like the next Avengers movies or the next like MCU movies, mm-hmm. they're gonna for sure shelve uh, Peter Quill. He play will play a bigger role eventually. That's the thing, yeah. I think that um, he's not gonna die, so they're not closing that door officially. So he's a, a really important character, not only for Marvel but like just the cosmic side in mm-hmm. general. He was one of the first uh, cosmic superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. So um, I think that they would definitely want to bring him back. I think that um, most importantly for his story in this movie, they made it a point, or it's actually the second movie, they made it a point to say what his actual race was mm-hmm. and that he's not, and because in the comic books, he's something else, but he's half human, half celestial. Half celestial, yeah. So he's obviously going to have a bigger story when they involve the celestials because he's essentially related to them. That's another thing that I love about this movie too is that um, in a lot of movies with with higher concepts, you get a lot of exposition and a lot of just 
characters telling you what happened, um, you actually see that stuff happen. So again, like with Peter Quill's mom, you know, that's the opening scene. It's like a two minute scene, but it's a very important scene and we saw it. Um, you know, I think that if 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 Peter Quill was just gonna be like, Oh yeah, no, my mom died when I was young the movie and his character development would not be as strong as it is right now. No, I agree. Um, you could tell it, it's a major like motivator for a lot of the stuff he does, especially with ego. He treats all of them differently. Like all his, like uh, he makes Peter Quill treat them all differently. Cause he's very like argumentative with uh, rocket. I th- Yeah, no. And I think that um, you can tell more in, in guardians too. Yeah. Um, because that's a huge storyline in guardians too. Uh, how Yondu always um gives gives Peter Quill favoritism. What's up, bro? Fuck you, man. What's up, man? <laughs> I saw that. Oh, okay. You saw it. All right, cool. Um, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you you attacked me. You, you attacked me while I was reading something. Right. It's also my time to eat. Right. Um, uh, go ahead. So yeah, no. Uh, I don't really. I can't really place his uh exact relationship with Drax. I kind of think he like. The way they, they they picture they use Drax is more as like a foot soldier, really. Mm. He's not like never really has much to do with their actual plans. And again, I think that's what is gonna be a huge part of um, Guardians Three. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna because Guardians One and Two were were essentially Peter Quill stories. Yeah, and then now Guardians Three is a Rocket story. So I think they're gonna throw in Drax like a little side story in there also. Um, not to mention the the holiday special was a, a pretty big character building moment for not only Drax but also Mantis. His love his love interest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mantis is also another person they could definitely do more with. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a lot of cool powers that they mm-hmm. can tap into. Um, and then you got to think that they're gonna eventually add Adam Warlock, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, James Gunn already came out and said that you know they're gonna kind of use Adam Warlock as a Vision character. Um, he's basically just born and he doesn't know anything he only knows from what i think of the movie i I guess um he only knows that his his goal is to kill the guardians um but i feel like after that yeah there's a lot of room for him to uh what do you you keep going on your phone for bro what what, what? i'm actually just thinking about more like powers okay but like for myself not for anything else i'm listening trust me damn um the fuck was i even talking about bro all right, no, I was trying to see if he had, uh, like, uh, super intelligence. He doesn't. No, yeah. yeah. He he learns that shit later, yeah. though. So he has a artificial, like, uh, genetic structure. He has superhuman strength, stamina, durability, agility, and reflexes. That's what all his powers are. Um, What do you think... What do you think the... I asked you this a couple years, uh, a couple weeks back. What do you think the, the new Guardians lineup is going to look like? I mean, if they decide to follow it, like, keep continuing, like, the, the actual Guardian story mm-hmm. going... It'll be Nebula, obviously. I don't think she's gonna die in this. Okay. I think she has a lot more story to give, a lot more character. She's a, she's a completely de- different character than everybody else on the ship. Mm-hmm. She's a very negative character. I think her and Mantis have a good friendship. Like I think that they'll have a good friendship because Mantis is like a super po- like positive character. Right. Um, Mantis has a lot of powers. Nebula has a lot of story that they can add to it. Mm-hmm. If they don't kill Rocket in this, which I'd be amazed, or like kill off Rocket's story. Rocket, okay, because a lot of people like Rocket. Um, they could use the 2014 Gamora if they decide to like develop her story, which I don't imagine they will. Um, Adam Warlock, and they'll probably pick up like different people yeah. in this movie. Because I, I also read too that um, Venom was a part of the 
not Venom, but like Agent Venom. It's like one of those. Yeah. Um, he was a part of the the Guardians in a couple comic book runs, mm. and is still an essential character in it, as far as I'm concerned. So I don't know. They they have a bunch of possibilities at this point. If you if you can make us care about like Peter Quill, Gamora, um, Drax, Rocket, all of them, Groot, in in a in a one movie, and just make us care that like easily. You can do that with a different character, I think. Yeah. Um, depending on who you get to to make Guardians for, if that even is going to happen, which I don't think is going to happen. I think they're just going to end it like that. Um, I don't think another director could do better. No, not at all. And I think that if they were to use the Guardians of the Galaxy um, team in the MCU, they'll just be one of those teams. They're not going to get like a project. You know, they're not going to yeah. get a film. Um, they'll probably just mention them in another in another movie. Mm-hmm. So, I, th- I think they'll be like an endgame type situation where they show up to b- the big fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, man, I think that this this entire movie is is great and um, a great introduction to a bunch of you know crazy ass heroes that I didn't think that I would like. Um, and they're not even really super. That's, that's what I was gonna get. I was like, yeah. they're not really super. Like they just happen to align with doing good. Mm-hmm. And then even think about it, even an endgame. They were not really there to save Earth. Mm-hmm. They're there because Thanos pissed them off, mm-hmm. and they're gonna go try to kill Thanos. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, where would you, what would you rank uh, Guardians one or two? Two, uh, top five. Uh, MCU so movie. Yeah, I think what Civil, not Civil War, um, Winter Soldier, and all right, I have a, a couple movies over it, but. Uh, I'd put, yeah, I'd probably put one top 10. And if this one paces up the way that the first two went, like, you know, got better, this would probably be the top five. Mm. All right, yeah, well. Oh, isn't it longer, too? What? The third one? I don't know. I think it's longer. Yeah, I think that Guardians of the Galaxy was one of the pivotal movies in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's fair to say. And, um, you know, now... James Gunn is a huge, huge, huge director in the business. Um, doing Superman, he did the Suicide Squad. He is now the basically CEO of DC Studios, so he's headlining that entire uh, universe now. Um, so yeah. All right, that was our review on Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, a little all over the place. Uh, we will get into some viewer questions now, but first. We have a sponsor. We don't. Yeah, no, we don't. No, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. Almost there. Fuck. Uh, what do you say we uh, we answer some questions there? Let's do it. Um, okay. So if you had to make a Marvel movie um, the way you wanted it made, what would it be and why? For me, I would just pick Spider-Man. I would definitely want to make a Spider-Man movie. Um, if it was separated from everything and I can just tell a Spider-Man or just tell a story, um, I would want to pick Spider-Man for sure. I don't, I definitely don't want to tackle something as like convoluted as like X-Men. Um, that would be insanely hard if I had to make a Marvel movie. So, um, you know, Spider-Man is one of those down to earth heroes. Um, you could do a very small story and still have it be amazing. So I think, yeah, I would definitely pick Spider-Man. Um, I actually wouldn't want this to be a movie. We don't do more like a series mm-hmm. or just any project. Yeah. Um, we never really see uh, with characters like 
the Punisher, characters like Daredevil, they're training. We always see the 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 what's the, the result of it. It's like we see them when they're already street level heroes, mm-hmm. or they've already been like fully trained and stuff. I like I would like to see like because if you don't know about Daredevil, like he get he gets trained by a bunch of like ninjas and stuff. He gets like trained by this one dude. Uh, he's trained by the hand, I think it's called. Mm. Uh, like what he was like before that. The only show that you actually see that with is uh, Iron Fist, and it was ass. <laughs> that show was dog shit. So you would want to make like an I'd origin. want a series like where it's like an actual training like thing, like where you actually get to see the development of a character. You don't get to just see the character be the hero already. That happens a lot in the movies, especially with like, Spider Man. You see him actually get his powers. Yeah, uh, the Amazing Spider Man number one. Um, you don't see Peter as Spider-Man for the first like 45 minutes. Yeah. So, um, all right. Iron Man is a terrible character. Everybody just wanted to fuck him. I don't know what that means. Um, but that does pose like a good question. Who do you think are some of the most overrated, um, MCU characters, specifically MCU, not, you know, Marvel. Um, honestly, if I had to choose, I think Bruce Banner as the Hulk in the MCU is okay. very overrated. I'm glad you corrected that. In the MCU, yes, very overrated. And character. 2003 Hulk is not a no, part I of the fucking MCU. Comics. I meant comics. No, I know. No, I I'm just letting you know. Yeah. Uh, 2003 Hulk is not a part of the fucking MCU. I want to acknowledge the question, the, the question I guess, yeah. first. So, Iron Man is a terrible character. Great character, by the way. He's not a good person, but that was the whole point. Mm-hmm. Is he always says it. When they ask him what he is, you know, billionaire, mm-hmm. wrist playboy. Yeah. He... he he separates Tony Stark and Iron Man for a reason. Until, like, you know, he has to acknowledge who he is. But, you know, the hero... At the end of the first yeah, movie, yeah. The hero is different from the person. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the hero is to make up for what he did as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that his his character arc in, in the movies just make his ending so satisfying, too. I mean, if he was, like... If he was never... If he always worked with a team from the beginning... yeah then the, the ending in Endgame just wouldn't make that much sense, you know? Because it was a huge part of, um, you know, uh, Tony and, and Steve's dynamic that, you know, Steve thought that Tony was selfish and he would never lay lay his life on the line. Yeah. Um, and then he finally did an Endgame, so, yeah. Um, I think, honestly, Thor. He is, yeah. He's, in everyone acknowledges it, is the strongest Avenger. Mm-hmm. But... They use him. They use it too much. Mm-hmm. He should not. Honestly, why is he the one that got? Well, he got four, right? Yeah, four movies. And um, I think that his character development is going somewhere. But why is it taking four movies and you know I mean, like, it's not a bunch it, of side projects? Did it really get finished? No. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. He's in the middle of his his character arc, but it's taking so long because, um, you know, he lost his brother, he lost his mom, he lost his dad. Um, he lost Jane now. So it's like, fuck, how many, how much are you going to make this man lose before we get like a, a resolve mm-hmm. or a fucking a resolution? Um, he lost 50% of friend. the entire like living species because he didn't aim for the head. Yeah. So I just want to see a resolution to that because he has a great character arc coming up, you know, like a, yeah. a good resolution. I just need to see it already. But is he going to be in anything else? He'll probably be in Avengers King Dynasty, Avengers uh, Secret Wars for sure. Yeah, um, I, just, I don't think he's gonna do another like movie. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, do they want to give him a show or a movie? Like, I don't, I don't see it. Well, he's definitely not getting a show. Yeah, um, but he, I think that he he stated before because after Thor: Love and Thunder came out with you know pretty bad reviews, he says, yeah, no, I think we need to like revitalize the character again because 
um, you know, he started talking about like his character arc. Yeah, Thor has been through so much, and um, I think we went a little overboard with the with the comedy in the last one. So I think we need to get back to the more serious, darker roots. Yeah, um, and that's coming from literally Chris Hemsworth himself. All right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was coming from us, uh, coming to us from Tyler. Um. Michaela asks, "How do you think they're gonna bring in the X Men?" Uh, it'll it'll be um, uh, in like an incursion type of thing, or like a Secret Wars type of deals to me. There's so many routes they can go with, um, and I I know that they scapegoated certain things so they could involve the X Men, but like if you want to go down the love interest, uh, sorry, saved. I said scapegoated. Uh, they like used uh, cause like you know fucking uh. What's his name? Chadwick Boseman died. So they named his son fucking the same name. They're going to use Black Panther eventually again. Yeah. Yeah. For Storm. For Storm, yeah. Okay. Uh, hope, I mean, if that. they chose that, yeah, if if they decide to go down the love interest route, they can use Storm and Black Panther. They can use Kitty Pride and Star, uh, Star-Lord. They can do the fact that they're ma- married in the comics, they're married. They're not doing that. that I'm saying if they want to do, they have the, the, the thing is they have so much space to do stuff. It's just, They've already introduced the X gene, haven't they? Yeah, in Miss Marvel. In Miss Marvel, your genes are like mutated. Yeah, playing the song. Um, they are obviously developing small projects and stuff to introduce and tease at characters. Um, Deadpool three will be the first time we'll see one in the, technically the MCU, I guess. So here's here's where it goes because they're they're doing two X Men and and bear with me here. They're doing two X-Men storylines right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, They're they're picking up on the Fox X-Men. Um, so they're bringing back versions of Professor X um, from, you know, you know like, like uh, Patrick Stewart's Professor X. They um, brought in Evan Peters, obviously. That wasn't, like, meant to be Evan Peters mm-hmm. as Quicksilver, but they still brought him back. So they're definitely trying to utilize these Fox actors. Um, like you just said, Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine. And Deadpool, obviously, um, at the end of Deadpool 2, comes to the MCU in Deadpool 3. So that's going to be a storyline. Um, how they're doing things is down to the contracts. And um, here's why it's taking so long that, to see the new X-Men, like our canon X-Men, right? There's contracts from the old X-Men movies, the Fox X-Men movies, um, that they can't like do any new projects with them yet um they can include the characters but they can't technically do that until 2025 so i don't think we're gonna see the new x-men like the new wolverine in our universe or the new cyclops or the new professor x for a long time i think what they're gonna do is use all these uh fox x-men uh and even the fox fantastic four in Secret Wars. And they're going to do their little send-off. Because those franchises never really had a proper like end-game kind of send-off. Yeah. Definitely not X-Men. That shit's all over the place. So I think they're going to bring all those Fox uh, characters back. Give them a send-off. And then we get our actual X-Men. Yeah, no, I, I agree. They they have, they have like I was saying, the way that you're putting it, they obviously have to wait a little bit. Again, can they please flesh out like everything they're doing now before they try to introduce even more stuff to it? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, they have essentially any way they want to do it, they can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I do think it's probably going to be the Secret Wars way, though. Yeah. And um, 
I don't think anybody like who's coming back from Fox, I don't think they're going to stay. Like Hugh Jackman's going to be in Deadpool 3, but I don't think he's going to stay as like our Wolverine. Yeah, I don't think. And neither is Patrick Stewart um, or Ian McKellen as as Magneto. So yeah, um, you can definitely count that out. Um, who are some of your fan casts for, for um, let's just say Wolverine right now? Um, Taron Egerton. Okay. He's, a little, he's getting a little older now, so they do this. They need to do it like within the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig Tye wants to play him. Mm-hmm. Um, a good actor. I just and he's already had some experience with action movies. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot of people are like basing their fan cast now on short people. Do you do you really care? I don't care. I mean, we, it was already proven. Fucking uh, Hugh Jackman's a tall guy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't. But now they want it like more comic accurate. He should be five three. He should be Canadian. I mean, he's not. Gonna, you're not gonna find a five three Canadian. You're not gonna actor, fucking bro. find that like yeah. that. If you want to go shorter, sure, go ahead, Taron Egerton. He's right mm-hmm. there. He's not the tallest guy. Fuck Taron Egerton. Give me Zach Efron as Wolverine. I actually he's see, five see, eight. See, see, see. I want Zach Efron to play a different character. Who? Cyclops. Why Cyclops? Because he's a more more like emotional emotional turmoil than me. Yeah, definitely a good actor too. Yeah. So he could do that. I think that that they, what they're gonna set up too, um, is is the the Logan versus um Scott, like, have that be the the Tony versus Steve. You know, and like, like Iron Man versus Captain America. Yeah, that would be like the the real thing. And then we get into Avengers versus X Men, and that's gonna cause co- it's gonna be like another Civil War kind of shit. Yeah, I um, mean, we already got teased in that with like Last Stand and stuff, didn't we? Not obviously not the actual heroes fighting them, but it was like the universe turning on them, the mutants. What? Where like they made the mutants illegal and stuff? Like they were like all the people were like, oh yeah, that's yeah. essential for for X Men. Yeah, shit. so like that happens a lot in their comics storylines. Yeah. And I think that them being under the Marvel umbrella now. Um, that will definitely make for one of the better MCU movies. Um, mm. more interesting MCU movies. Um, yeah, I forgot we were. Uh, I'm annoyed because one of my fan casts actually got casted and ended up being a pretty bad movie. Uh, Sophie Turner, as uh, Jean Grey, mm. that bothered me a lot because I wanted it to be like she plays an older one. <laughs> That's she- also a good point too that you bring up is that Dark Phoenix came out in 2019. You know, if we got a brand new X Men team already. Um, personally, I'd be like, what the fuck are we doing, you know? Because, like, yeah. it, it's literally right there. It was only four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'd be a little bewildered. So, I'm glad they're taking their time with X-Men. Um, and I'm glad they're doing it very slowly. Um, spoiler. Spoiler warning. There's a rumor that Captain America New World Order is going to be about um, them trying to take over the Celestial from Eternals. Um because it has adamantium on it. So they're just going to introduce the adamantium. Yeah, adamantium. And then Thunderbolts is going to set up um, the super soldier program again. Um, Weapon X. That's how we get Wolverine. Um, so they're just you think, sprinkling shit in there. You think they introduced Deadpool too? Because in that like type of storyline? As in like super soldier type of thing? No. Or are they just going to use Ryan Reynolds? No, like, they're going to use Ryan Reynolds. Because he already traveled the multiverse in, um, with cable, in Deadpool yeah. too, yeah, cables with cables. But he's not. Also, that's another thing. Deadpool three cables not back, and that not yet. They're still announcing stuff. Okay, I was like, yeah, because they just announced that Vanessa is coming back. That's true. Yeah, and they just announced that um, the the side characters are coming back. Not the not the one you know that like has like controversy or whatever. Not him. Oh, I, I don't think he's coming back. He's not, and they're gonna joke about it in the movie too. So most likely, I'm excited yeah. for that. But yeah, they just got um, Colossus back. Um, Vanessa back, 
they announced the the, 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 the taxi driver. Taxi driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had already announced that Domino was back. I think they didn't announce she's back yet. No. I hope she's back. She plays yeah. a decent role. Um, the the kid, Julian. Yeah. He hasn't been announced back yet. So, um, yeah, I think that they're just gonna what do you call it? Um, All right. Bring him in. So. So back to back to the question though. Yeah, they had they'll introduce it slowly, but from what I'm seeing so far and what they're teasing, and I don't know if you agree with me. No, almost 100 percent sure it's Secret Wars intro- introduction. Mm-hmm. Like, All right. All right. If uh, if Guardians is bad, Guardians three, uh, how screwed do you think Marvel is, if at all? Um, if Guardians three is bad, and I don't think it's going to be, but I also thought that of Ant Man versus uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, I would be so disappointed, and I I would honestly be very very worried um, for any movies or projects going going forward, because if there's no more quality control, then like what are we? Why are we? watching these movies anymore you know um that was the whole thing for me and why i was a big fan of it not because there's good action and shit like that but because like they just made good movies made good stories um so if guardians 3 is bad yeah i think that marvel's gonna take a little bit of time maybe delay the marvels a little bit um delay secret invasion maybe a little bit but yeah i i just hope it's i hope it's good i think it's gonna be good I don't think James Gunn's gonna fuck a movie. No, this like is that. a baby. Yeah, this is like you can tell that he loves this project. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you if you follow or like see any of James Gunn's tweets, every day this motherfucker's tweeting about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I don't think it's gonna be bad, by at all. I would probably I probably think, I think it's gonna make a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be like the first one in a while to make a billion dollars. Um, if it does, in the fucking really weird chance that it, it, it ends up being bad, mm-hmm. um, I am I, I would be pretty worried for Marvel. Yeah. But not just because of the things that they're producing, but because what's rumored on the other side. Because they're obviously it's DC and Marvel, mm-hmm. and Marvel is getting a whole fucking or DC is getting a whole refresh. Marvel stock is going down, and, and now DC is going, going up. up. Yeah. They're not nearly the same. Yeah. I still think DC is absolute shit until they show me something good. Yeah. But. With Marvel's going, if Marvel starts to go that far down, mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before DC starts announcing projects again, and DC decides to like full push everything James Gunn's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think Marvel is is pretty much screwed if uh, if Guardians is bad. This is this is what I think is gonna save Marvel. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're definitely screwed if it's bad. Um. All right. Did y'all ever notice that one of the Ravagers had a Nerf gun as his weapon? I did not know that. Did you? What the fuck? No, yeah, I didn't notice that. I didn't see that. Um, I'm gonna search it up right now. That's fucking hilarious, though. And that's definitely what James Gunn would do, because number one, he's fucking he's crazy like that, but also um, he just likes having fun on his movies. Doesn't take anything too seriously. So yeah, that'd be fucking funny. Nerf gun. Guardian. It's funny because one of the Nerf guns is called a Ravager, so that's what just came up. Mm. All I see is is fucking like actual Nerf guns. I just looked. That's, it that's up. yeah. So, okay, we can't find it. I'll. Yeah, you're gonna have to send that to us. You're not to send it to us. Yeah, who was that? Um, that was Will. Will. Will oh. Bland. Cool. Um. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. Which movie? We talked a little bit about this before, but we'll we'll go more into it now. Uh. Which movie is subjectively and or objectively better um guardians volume one or volume two two but not because one is worse than any yeah 
Uh, I think it's just two built off of one. I I would definitely say Volume Two is is my um, favorite. I think that Volume Two, what we were saying about um, Guardians One, um, just gets amplified in Guardians Two because mm-hmm. the storylines. Okay, now we have a huge storyline between um, Nebula and Gamora, that uh, sister war. Um, now Peter Quill is dealing with his dad, and you know his daddy issues. Which is, you know, something that's huge because you have Kurt Russell in there as, um, what's his name? Fuck. Celestial. Ego, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as Ego, the living planet. But then you also have Yondu and his storyline of being banished by the Ravagers and trying to get his honor back, basically. And um, dealing with the fact that, you know, uh, Peter Quill and his relationship never went the way that he really wanted it to. And then you got Rocket's storyline. You have the introduction of Mantis. So I think that for me, Guardians 2 is definitely better um, for for that reason. Just the, the fucking um, story. See, uh, I would, again, I was agreeing with you that everything is amplified from 1 to 2. But specifically in like a lot of the relationships and a lot of like the character backgrounds, you get more of a focus in Peter's background and a, a focus on the relationships between everybody. Like you get Gamora and Peter... You get Rocket and Peter having like arguments and stuff, and that you can see another thing is that Rocket's like fatherly attitude towards Groot. Mm-hmm. Essentially, he's the, Groot sees him as his dad, mm-hmm. and Groot's a baby at this point because he sacrificed himself for fucking in in one. Um, all this shit is amplified to like an even bigger extreme, and it sets up things for three. It sets up uh, you don't really get to see much of Rocket's background, but he does talk about certain things that he doesn't like about when he was a kid or when he was like raised and stuff. Um, in the trailer, you get to see more of a focus on Rocket, and that's what makes us all think that, like, you know, Rocket's them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just stuff like that. I think two just had a lot more detail put into it, yeah, because he could afford to put more detail into it. And I feel like that's how that's what sequels should do because Guardians Volume Two isn't necessarily a bigger and better movie than Guardians One, but the smaller stuff like the writing and the character development, I think that is what makes it better. So yeah, I agree. Um, and then last question we got, uh, was Star-Lord justified for ruining the plan in, um, he says in Endgame, but he, he means like Infinity War. Um, no. No, he was not. I understand why he would do it, but the way they went about it in the movie, just, they, I feel like they could have did it better. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously in the movie, he is just talking to Thanos and he's bragging and then he fucking hits him on the head, right? Um, they definitely could have did that better. It just, when that happened in the theater, I think it just came out of nowhere. And it was just like, what the fuck are you doing, man? He's definitely not justified for that. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I think, I think, I think that's actually the point that led to everyone getting snapped away. Yeah, no, easily. Yeah. Like you you could point at Thanos, I mean, um, Thor missing the head, but literally they would have got the gauntlet off if it wasn't for, for Chris Pratt or sorry, for Peter Quill punching and ruining the plan. Yeah. And then, like, it, you gotta think about not only the actual effect of everybody getting fucking snapped away, but you have fucking Thor having PTSD because he thinks he's the one that, like, mm-hmm. didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Peter having no effect of that at all was the weirdest part. Yeah. Like, no guilt towards yeah. that. Um, fucking Tony essentially having to pick up the pieces of everything. Here's the thing, though. Um, and, you know, just to play devil's advocate, Doctor Strange did say 
They only won once yeah. in fourteen million six hundred and five possibilities, right? So technically, Chris I mean, I keep saying Chris Pratt. Fucking Peter Quill was supposed to do that. Yeah. And um you could argue that that was supposed to happen and they were supposed to get snapped just so that they can come back and actually save the day. So technically, if you want to be technical, um, he actually saved everybody yeah. with that. I mean, I get if you're going to go technical, but like if we're talking just that specific moment, no. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's all the questions that we got. Um, I know you're starving. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, t- I'm very hungry, guys. It's uh, 45 minutes past when I'm supposed to go eat. So um, thank you guys for sending in questions. Uh, we appreciate that. Thank you guys for listening to our review on Guardians of the Galaxy. We also are going to be reviewing Evil Dead Rise next week, which we I am will. super excited about. Anything else you want to say? Uh, nope. We'll see you guys next week. All right. We will see you guys next week. Um, and uh, stay safe. Goodbye.